2: This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses a Seizures. you're listening to the Heritage Radio
3: Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
4: We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical
5: dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
6: And welcome to Snacky Tunes. Summer is here, Greg. You do not have your sleeves. That's like that's like my Groundhog's Day for summer. As <laughs> soon as you, I, I can't see your sleeves. I know it's officially here. Uh, that was just pre. Cool. We'll be live in studio a little bit later. All the way from DC. All the way from DC. And uh, in studio right now is Chef Marcus Samuelson. Welcome.
3: Thank you for having me. How cool is this? I love the setup.
6: Yeah, it's... Uh, now, you've been on the, the radio show before, but you've never been in the studio, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. This is the first time. And,
3: uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Roberta's and everything that sort of happens from the food, but also the culture around it, which I really love. I like the flower store now. I like the little flower. Oh, yeah. yeah.
6: Well, you know, it's funny. In the same way that what Roberta's has done for Bushwick in this area, mm. you have done for Harlem. Yeah. And uh, it's always going to be centered around... Um, a restaurant or a scene and things like that. You've done mm-hmm. the same thing uptown.
3: Yeah. No, Roberta was a huge inspiration for me when I opened Red Rooster because I'm like, you know, if they can get people to jump on trains or have people just walk around from the neighborhood or have people come in town cars, it doesn't really matter. But they came to this one place and then saw the rest of the community. Uh, and I think we start to see communities through first through the restaurants now maybe in the 80s it was maybe clubs yeah. but yeah. now we start seeing them through restaurants so yeah Red Rooster has been part of that in Harlem and Roberta's definitely been part of that for Bush
6: it's really interesting you say that because like I do think it's it's bars but you go there you get like a little like 50 seat restaurant and yeah. like a little person maybe like the it's like a little wood structure design is a little bit and that's and be like oh like well we can eat here so we'll mm. move here mm-hmm. and like providing like a small community where people like don't have to travel yeah. and have you found like establishing that sense in your restaurants has like really helped spread the community. Community to a, a large area.
3: Yeah, I mean, I look at our restaurant as a, as a waterhole, like all restaurants. I mean, if you think about the word restaurants, it means to restore community, right? Mm. And I look, I think about that. So that for me means hire locally, but also means to bring in the artisans in that community. So a lot of we have a, our nook area that is not open at night, but that's where we have our pop ups. You know, mm-hmm. that's where. If you are, can't afford a hat store, but you can sell hats at Red Rooster, mm-hmm. or if you have an eyeglass, eyeglass wear company, you can come to our... So it's really about, you know, make this waterhole yeah. feel the rest, of, the rest of the community can sort of be uploaded uplo- there. That's
6: amazing. Yeah, that aspect of inviting people who can't necessarily afford space, but giving them space mm-hmm. to allow them to build and get off the ground. To, like, I mean, who does that? You know, except for. Well,
3: you got it right here. No, it's happening yeah, right here. No, but I'm saying, but yeah. also
6: allowing your community to grow. Like, yeah. we'll give to you because we've been successful. Yeah. We'll give that to you so you have a chance and, like, you know, you can piggyback off of, like, what we've done.
3: But it's also, you know, we have in front of the restaurant, we have all these, which is a Harlem tradition, right? When you go to 125th Street, there's always the guy selling something, yep. whether it's yep. soap or whether it's. So I remember a real community level of success, measurement for success for me was when. You know, the West African side, a guy started to set up Tupac perfume in front of my restaurant right. and sold yeah. fake Obama shirts. I'm like, that's a real sense of, they understand right. that there's traffic. That's
6: like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, yeah it's like, okay, great. Yeah, right. sell your wares in front. Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: And, and then now we're, you know, so, so the measurement points, when, you, when you're off the traditional grid, which this represent, Right. You you can't look for the traditional uh, measurements for success because there are none, right? Right. And I I every now and then come out here to get like sort of a shot. In my arm, and like yeah, okay, we're on the right path.
6: What do you think that you can do, even though you're established, do more to provide building community and doing it in the right way?
3: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. For well, first I. We got to continue to do more of the same because since the restaurant's now almost five years old, yeah, maybe only a handful of those 150 people that worked there now actually was part from the beginning, right? right. Mm-hmm. So for you know, for if you started six months ago, Red Rooster's a place where you can make a lot of money, period. Right. Why should I care about anything else? Right. So I didn't realize until maybe a year ago, like, whoa, this is whoa, 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 a whoa. Our, our culture is changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and talk about constantly, well, who are we and what are we about so i think it starts first with us to reinstate that and then constantly be very open to non-traditional media what happens Mm -hmm. locally like because they're not going to be found in the traditional media right Right. so like hey whoa whoa, what's that sign at ymca or what's going on over there? or who is that new new rapper that's you know it's not and and it's it's taking a a lot of shots, yeah, and everything's not going to get, right. Everything's
6: not going to stick. Yeah, but that's that's the way that you build. That's the way that you yeah. grow is being allowed to fail and to have a community that you can support and also take risks with. Yeah. Um, do you feel that it all sort of coalesced with the Harlem Eat Up, uh, with the festival that happened a few weeks ago?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the festival was really something that it, 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 I wanted to build it when Red Rooster opened, but yet I just didn't know enough about it, right? right? So I was like, well, let's wait a year, let's wait a year, and then eventually when I saw the range of the sort of, you know, if you think about it, Patsy's and Rayo's and Sylvia started in Harlem, right? right. But so has, uh, you know, Gin Ramen thought it was a good spot. Right. I love that, right. you know? And they're not, like, going to say we're born and raised in Harlem. They never said that. They just came with a good ramen shop. You know what I mean? Right. So that is, you know, that's equally interesting to present, like, Charles um, uh, fried chicken with next to Jim ramen next to the next Italian spot and it wasn't uh, honestly until sort of this year that we can actually hey here's a breath of diverse restaurant yeah. that is uh, that we all know on but now the Lord in your community you know come and taste it
6: I want to I just want to go back to one thing when you are reintroducing your like what defines Red like if you were to drill it down like the ethos what would yeah. you t- if i was a new line cook yeah uh what would you tell me it's like the ethos of the restaurant that goes back to like what right. the beginning
3: yeah in and of harlem yeah. in and of this very community that like it sounds very simple but it, bo- it essentially comes back to that because um 70 of our staff should be from harlem mm-hmm. and then then it's also uploading the food, right? But it's also the server. But then it's the other things that comes around it. It's actually essentially the spirituality of Harlem because there's a lot of churches and the stuff that comes out of the church. Not just what gets preached and told but what comes out of it, right? Which essentially is the music, mm-hmm. right? That's the core. And then out of that comes also the art. So we're a restaurant just like anywhere else. We're in and of. We'll always be elemental storytellers and musicians and there will always be Uh, artisans in there
6: so if uh, I'm new and you're going to give me a playlist that defines you (laughs) just give us like two or three songs that's on that playlist that's going to get you in the right headspace for the restaurant
3: Uh, you know gotta start with Mama Thornton Little Red Rooster you gotta start right there gotta start right there yeah and then maybe 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 we go into maybe like Rolling Stones version of that but then it's also like all the way up to now to like young rappers that's like sort of defining the sound Mm -hmm. what it is right now and that journey, everything uh, in between. Like tonight, we have Winter Marsalis playing at, at Red Rooster, oh. but it's it's you know it's also very often. This morning, we had a thirteen you know a gospel band that average age is fourteen years old, right. you know, and it's it's more of that yeah. than the big lead that, that is us, you right. know, and and but it's 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 we have to display art, we have to display music.
6: I mean, a lot of restaurants do not have the luxury of having live music. Mm. In their in their mm. actual place, yeah. how do you feel that affects the whole overall experience? Well, I I think I we
3: couldn't do Rooster without music because mm-hmm. it was such a core part of our identity, and we never thought about we never started with like how much could we spend because what we char we you know most of the time the music is for free, right. Uh, and that's a Harlem tradition. You know, the food in the bar very often was for free and the music was for free, but you paid for the drinks, right? Yeah. And then you had a bucket that maybe passed passed around. <laughs>
6: you still pass a bucket up there?
3: <laughs> we don't, but you actually are on, on Sundays for lunch. The lady that sings upstairs, she does that. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and she's 75. She, she can do whatever she wants. She can would. do whatever she, she wants. wants.
6: <laughs> so, yeah that's great um, alright so we're going to play a track and then we're going to come back play. and talk about the new restaurant uh, and we're going to talk about uh, the new book as well yeah, sure. and whatever else you want to talk about LA LA <laughs> no that's my journey man yeah, that's yeah. not that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what
2: I'm doing I will throw some sea salt over my own head Wrinkle flower to keep Satan and off my doorstep And these are the habits that I can't understand my rational reflexes stupefy My super superstitious contraband Chinese charms with concave mirrors Peel off Special stones and crystal bones protect me until my mind comes the myth of my whispering, be a myth. pennies turquoise and fool's gold I light up my ghost town sage water glasses oil the witch is I'll never itch my palm here's to my lucky dog
6: anyway so you got a new place opened up yeah street bird rotisserie yeah you had a pop-up yeah And that sort of kicked it off. That seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah. How long were those lines? uh, Two hours, three hours. And it was the coldest day of the year. Yeah. But I mean, what's what's the as an experienced chef like? How do you manage long lines and like like what do you do?
3: It was you know it was the coldest day in February, but we needed to try the food, and I was like, I took over this little nice little Mexican diner, and you know nobody had to pay. It was free food. And oh. the bucket came actually out. And we paid the <laughs> there bucket. You go. Maria, bucket, you're right. Yeah. There you go. But I panicked with the line. I was like a little I panicked. Uh. So I handed out uh, chicken broth. I handed out tea. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, people had like their own beer and had a great time in the, in the line. So it was know, fun.
6: it's so funny. New York crowds... It, it's like you're either gonna they're either gonna roll with it, yeah, and be like, "Hey, we're all in on this," yeah. or they're gonna be so pissy. There's no middle ground. No middle, there's middle, middle gr- Oh, gr- the food's free. The food's free. <laughs> okay, cool. I had to wait two hours. The food's free. Fine. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was also a big party, which they yeah. sort of like. Yeah, you gotta let it happen, right? Yeah,
6: um, um, but it was so, fun. Yeah, so the new restaurant also up in Harlem. Yeah, um, it's it's explain it. Yeah, it it's, it's it's unlike anything else in New York right now. Yeah,
3: it's a, lo- a little rotisserie joint where we have. You know, I just felt like rotisserie chicken is something that is so universal and can also be affordable because, you know, four years into Red Rooster, I feel like there was an audience that we didn't, you know, right. communicate to. So I wanted to have something that was faster, and also we can do delivery and take out with, which we can't really with Rooster's food, and then also more affordable. So uh, street bird rotisserie it is, and where Rooster feels very for me, jazz, gospel, very sort of traditional music. Uh, Streetbird is much more like more of hip hop and graffiti, so it's fun to sort of tap into both sides.
6: Yeah, you you worked with one of the guys, one of the original graphic artists for Jeff, Def Jam to help yeah. design it, right? Yeah. How yeah. did that happen?
3: Uh, it's one of the things where you just would you just wanted to. Uh, I want, I reached out to a lot of my friends that worked with this, and it's like, you gotta speak to Say Adams, you gotta speak to Say, and Say's been coming to to the restaurant a lot, to Rooster a lot, and then Say brought Jeanette Beckman that she used to shoot like Run DMC and Beastie back in the days, so and awesome. then that just led to, you know, other things.
6: And you fed them for free, right? We fed them for free. Hey man, <laughs> it works, we've been giving pizza away for free for six years, and people are like, all right, fine, I'll come out. Uh, I'll yeah, come out. Uh, um, so what are some of the dishes uh, that you have there um, what can people expect on a menu?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, Harlem has sort of this underlying of Chinese, obviously African American, but it's much more diverse than people think. Mm-hmm. So at Street Bird, again, I want to sort of show that that the, the bird is really inspired by Dominican chicken, essentially. Gotcha. You know, and then we wanted to have some, uh, a shout out to sort of. Uh, the Chinese food that's been in Harlem for a very long time. They were the only people that delivered with the Ch- Chinese restaurants. Right. So we have some fun noodles dishes around that, um, and then also uh, it's a lot of Jamaica because I think that you know Harlem has a big Caribbean uh, uh, population, and also I love that whole vibe that when you think about Jamaica, I think about Africa, I think about China, I think about India, and it's like this a qua of like you can never understand Jamaica fully, mm-hmm. at least me, which is a good thing. You shouldn't something you dig, you shouldn't understand fully.
6: No, it's always great to be a little surprised. Yeah. Um, Now, I know that you have a restaurant in Sweden. Yeah. Have you been able to bring any of these Harlem elements over there? Or does that know what they're looking for at all? Uh, Or the Swedish? I mean, look, the Swedes sort of just like what the Swedes like. Yeah, (laughs)
3: exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when we're in Stockholm, we should be a good restaurant in Stockholm community. It's like... Yeah. I I feel like the seafood in Sweden is really what carries our restaurant. And then the design is different. But I think the... What it has taught me a lot is is being like hiring more locally, where, where whether, you know, when we're in Stockholm, like actually, because a lot of people that come are tourists from America and they don't know where to go next. So I think there's a lot of things that we learned with Red Rooster that can actually travel. And it's been fun for my staff that some of them didn't have passports and then I've been to Stockholm three times. You know what I mean? That's so, so awesome. So that's been cool. And vice versa too. Swedish kids working in my restaurants right now having a blast living uptown.
6: Any dishes to come out of that cross-cultural exchange?
3: Uh, Grovlox goes everywhere. <laughs>
6: Grovlox goes everywhere. Grovlox will travel.
3: Herring does not. And I want herring, I can't herring believe- to travel. And I want herring travel. I mean, to we're travel. Jewish, so like yeah. herring is in our oh, blood. Right? but like,
6: oh, Isn't it the herring season now? Russ it, and Daughters? It, I think it they is. Do it. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. Oh, I love yeah. that.
3: Uh, and uh, bourbon goes everywhere. So a lot of the cocktails does very well in Sweden. Right. Yeah. the music, of course. Fried chicken. Mm, not so much in Sweden Not so
6: much Yeah I know that they're obsessed With Brooklyn over there
3: Oh my god It is Brooklyn It
6: is Like it's I mean they literally have Brooklyn Bar over there Yeah, like, yeah. And Brooklyn Breweries Now are there as and, well
3: Yeah no G- Gareth is crushing it over there But it's it's fun What does stick And what doesn't And you know When you make a menu You think Oh this is going to work you have no idea. No idea. It's crapshoot and you just live with it. What's
6: know? what's the one dish on either a rooster or street bird that you're like it's gonna crush and then yeah. you just had to eighty six it? Well
3: at at uh, Rooster I had this idea. I mean I mean you look at Rooster, I actually have a pizza oven and I was it was like, Oh I'm gonna make this crazy pizza. <laughs> we never served one pizza oh. ever. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: ever. <laughs> so that's the dish I guess. That's say. the dish. That's the dish. The, the, yeah. You need a lot of room to be a good pizza place yeah, though. Yeah, you need a lot yeah. of room and just, oh, yeah. just to get that dough out. That
3: was also the thing that kept us back. Like we were like, even at the second day when we were packed, I was like, Whoa, there's no space here ever to do yeah. pizza. So we just stopped it for that. That's but it was a good try. The oven
6: is great. <laughs> the oven's great. Well do you do your bread there and uh, like, we do do bread, all right, all right? So exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and we have tomato sauce so we can Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just try and sneak it back on, like Sunday yeah. night special. Um so in addition to the restaurant, uh you had a book came out, Yes Chef. Yes. That I read. It was yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Great. Crazy story, yeah, the whole aqua, I mean yeah. we don 't to get into it no. I mean it 's not you know it 's uh, <laughs> read the book, read yeah. <laughs> the book, read the book, but it was just one of those things where um, you know knowing your career for so many yeah. years, I, I personally had no idea no. how bad it had yeah. how it was and how you can essentially somehow lose your name in this yeah. business
3: No, it 's also like our business has changed a thousand times, right, like when I came here, I came here with three hundred bucks yeah. I didn't know you had to lock up your name, and I never really evolved, I mean I can only look at myself. I could have lowered up. I could have evolved a little bit more and thinking about, oh, there's a whole world out there. Maybe, you know, I should do something about that. And I didn't. So it's like one of these things that that will never happen again. Never. And, uh, you know, you just have to. But when I think about that, how much our industry has changed from, you know, you used to wear like a white chef hat and you can only be a chef by going to France. And, and it's changed so much for the better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can do stuff like this. We can do stuff like podcasts. We can do, you know, shoot our food on Instagram. Like, it it just becomes more accessible, you know?
6: Yeah, and you can also just find inspiration everywhere. Exactly. And, uh, you, you know, you can be a small, ethnically very niche-focused mm-hmm. restaurant and be wildly popular. Yeah. Making, I don't know, Korean barbecue tacos mm-hmm. and then just be as wildly popular as cool. some... You know, and you look at all these restaurants like West that's just closing down, Mm -hmm. which is like this legendary fine uh, dining restaurant, and it's the it's there's no rules anymore.
3: But we also look very often. You know, the validations is essentially the the customers, and before we were very much look for validation from other places right oh did you get on that list or did you and there's still a little bit of that left but and that's always good that's something to aspire to yeah but today end of the day the customer has so much say and there's so many ways to communicate oh yeah did it or not and that's a good thing
6: yeah i don't think there's ever been a time across all industries where Mm -hmm. the customer has had so much power yeah and i think it's good to keep you everyone in check a little (sighs) bit
3: it's not a bus stop. I'm like, everybody's like, oh, so now when Roosters is successful, I'm like, what?
6: Yeah. We battle every day. Every day. You get up and you're just like, what's going to happen today? Yeah. Um. But you're also, so with the book, you're also doing a kid version of it, yeah, right? Yeah, Make It Messy. Make It Messy, which is awesome because, I mean, if you want to talk about one of the biggest shifts is how much kids are cooking these days yeah like Young you know like kids. summer summer like chef camps
3: yeah there is kids, summer
6: culinary camps kids who could run laps on I've, some chefs
3: i've seen the good and the bad you know when we shoot shop and um that soccer mom now uh you know brings the 12 year old kid sometimes and they have an agent with them and stuff like that i'm like whoa uh, right but the good thing is also i've had like i've been stared down by a 12 year old like you know I don't agree with your assessment of the dish, yeah. chef. And I'm like, great. And that's such okay. a great point of view. So uh, it's great that people are, kids are into cooking. And hopefully it will lead us eventually to eating gooder and better. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I, I never saw that coming.
6: I don't think I did either. I mean, it was funny because back in the day, the Holy Grail of, like TV shows was like a kid cooking show. And no one could figure it out. And now, was it, t- uh, MasterChef Junior? Which, yeah. like, it's like one of the biggest... Shows as big as following those kids who win go on to have insane careers. Yeah, at fourteen.
3: No, we have uh, tomorrow. We have. Chef Junior from Sweden eating at Red Rooster, and it's a big deal.
6: Oh, yeah <laughs> And I'm like,
3: how did that become a big deal? That's a good, it's a good thing. I hope he's gonna like the bird. Yeah, you know who he I mean? likes the
6: bird. It's like a 15 like <laughs> yeah. growing up It's like a 15 year are lucky if you could, like wash dishes at a nice restaurant.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, but it's, it's, That just shows how how much steak it's at food and we sh- you know I wish we could go back and it's gonna sound boring But I wish we can go also think a little bit about eating with a spiritual compass a little bit more because you know, we we basically on convenience so we, yeah. we like, and that's great. But it's also changes the climate a little bit. We don't necessarily eat the most responsible.
6: We do not. I mean, and that's also been a shift as well. Yeah, is that people have started thinking about just where it's coming from, what mm-hmm. they're eating, and you start to being unable to ignore the science and like what mm-hmm. the reality is of of what mass consumption like that is really doing to the mm-hmm. planet. Um, and I wish
3: that conversation can be brought up in the same fun dialogue yeah as as we talk about all this other stuff because yeah. I think it's the only way we sort of gonna sort of adapt and actually make you know big changes is if we can sort of bite it off and chew it off and don't feel bad you, you don't have yeah.
6: to feel yeah. bad about it, it. I think it's the same thing that like falls in the same conversation about fashion. It's like yeah. no one wants to feel bad about the choices they make. Yeah. And when you make someone on like feel bad on like on a moral thing, it's like a oh, good or right. That's where people get defensive as more just like an educational yeah. stance. And with, like, young kids learning about, you know, fresh ingredients, farm-to-table, seasonality, it's just, like, it's more just, like, oh, this is just how it is. Mm. It's not, like, a right or wrong. It's like, yeah. oh, this is just, like, this is what you learn from a young age. So you always have a nice salad and yeah. nice vegetables that are in season, et cetera. And, like, that's, I think, like, one of the better points to come out of, like, all these young kids getting an sure. interest in food as opposed to shaming adults.
3: Yeah, yeah. But it's also, like, popularity is one of those things that also have huge shifts, right? So, like, 30 years ago, sushi wasn't that popular. Right. Right, and now you think about the fish that we eat today, seafood. We eat enormous amount of seafood. That's great, but we still eat tuna, salmon, and shrimp, which yeah. is sort of like fifty, sixty percent of the sa- we eat. If we would eat other seafood, yeah, it wouldn't be as bad. You know what I mean? So it's like. You gotta sometimes you gotta get through popular if 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 there would be if rhymes would be more popular or if let's say grouper would be more popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes just like we can eat other things. Oysters would even be more popular.
6: I know. You know? Well sometimes people just gotta understand they can't have what they want yeah. when they want it, but then the flip side is as a chef and as an owner, you mm. wanna make sure people get what they want when they want it.
3: Yeah. It's it's hello America. Yeah,
6: I know. <laughs> well Marcus, thank you so much. Thank you so um, much for having me. Where can people go to find all your stuff? Where
3: are the uh, Samson.com. Come up to Rooster Street Bird. We're gonna have Mickey and Messi there, and you know it's a, it's a fun book that the whole family can you know yeah uh, you know read around. So.
6: And Instagram, Twitter, you're all.
3: All. i Marcus Cooks, and and uh, thank you for bringing me out here. Yeah. It was amazing, and yeah. good luck when you move to LA. I yes. can to see you.
6: And thank you for giving me my start as your intern, yeah. client intern. God, eleven years ago, yeah, it's
3: a long time ago. You oh did my great well, thank right. you. Thank you.
6: Thank you, man. Thank you for Thanks for coming. Uh, we've got pre-live up in studio next. I want,
4: I want you to ask me I want you to reach out And ask the question you would test me with something I don't really want, but I look around, there's no one else here that you'd be waiting, that you'd be waiting for, and when you hold the question back, you're you're holding out, but I won't go, no! No! Closer. I won't follow up a sister word to fall back, fact here. And I won't ask unless you ask me. Maybe I'll find a way to put the words right in your mouth. And I look around. There's no one else here that you'd be waiting. That you'd be waiting for. But when you hold the question back, you're, you're holding now, but I won't. you were feeling or something real and in the out of your heart and I can't say just what it all means you're a food feeling you to pick apart but I knew you'd put me somewhere a shelf and I a shelf just you could reach and I woke up there but couldn't tell you why didn't mind Or how much I will weigh right here I, I found an unusual feeling Something real in and out of your heart And I can't say just what it all means You're a fruit to feel it To think of my guitar
6: Yeah, have no idea why you like that band, or why you like Bully. It's psych. Uh, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Welcome, Pre. Pre, how's it going? For hot, a little hard hot summer. Hard for, question. How'd you like that pizza?
7: Oh, uh, it was great. It was fantastic. The
5: white pizza. Thank you for coming. Uh,
6: that white pizza. Yeah. You that think that margarita is going to be the best, and then that white pizza comes out, and it just kind of... You know, white pizza... White pizza's uh it's a tricky one. It's either awesome or not awesome. I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I actually pretty much hate most white pizzas well, except for the
7: I mean too cheesy and you know you just get in mucus. Oh yeah. yeah. Just- I
6: mean it's very brave most bands won't eat pizza before they come play but I, I admire your courage. I yeah it's that that we, D- we go D p- Pretty doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's <laughs> that, that DC that DC uh the bravery. jumbo
7: slice. That's what because that's what we have.
6: We have those. Oh my god! And Adam Morgan. Yeah. 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 Ducini's. See that that's a product placement. I've 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 had a jumbo slice and it's just sort of. Just for the for you to know how big. A, what are we talking Greg, about? It's jumbo. bigger.
1: Oh god! The no comparison. entire pizza is. Th- Thirty inches. Okay, and
6: so you get a slice, and it's it's a good twelve. Right. So you're, it's a like one and a half size of like a normal like New York yeah. pizza. Okay. Yeah, something. But
7: Tuscanias
1: like is the right. only one that's
6: good. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay, and like how, you, is it just one, or do you sometimes double up? You cannot up. Oh, Greg, no. Greg, I'm just asking. Greg, it's like three slices in one. Sometimes you're hungry. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. I, it's <laughs>
8: mostly really good time. for. Uh, okay, I late might night. late night. Yeah. It's the only time to go. Hold I, I might
1: have bought two one time, but I regretted it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's
8: because
7: you you like that's I' you're feel, not a real,
6: person. I feel like that the Jumbo slice is a big unifier, like you see like like indie kids to sorority girls like everyone in between uh, like yeah. chowing down on these slices Although, i mean it's
1: I think I heard once that there was there was like a drag. Person, drag queen, who got like totally beat up by normies in a pizza place in a jumbo slice. Oh, <laughs> fucking normies! Yeah, I know, I right?
6: Goddamn should, normies! This should be the great unifier. Yeah, sure. I mean, should be. It should be. Let's we'll uh, track
7: that guy down and make sure we, that we, you know, yeah. smother up him by his toes. Yeah, and then and smother him in, in jumbo slices. Oh, oh, yeah! yeah. No,
6: instead of like tar and feather, you know, like sauce and cheese him. <laughs> or right. like that. I mean, I mean, hot pizza can do pretty damn mm-hmm. Pretty good yeah. damage.
7: Vigilante yeah. justice. Let's
6: talk about the current DC music scene because we used to go down there during like the. Fugazi days when we were in oh, high school oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like run through all that st- you know nation of 400 years yeah. and yeah. engine yeah. down and all that Q and stuff. not you Q and I yeah. U. you oh my that, yeah. f- their first album still one of my favorites yeah
7: I got to see them because I'm from Philly originally I saw them play oh, at the so Caval- oh really yeah. yeah oh holy shit yeah. wait, wait you see the Kyber Pass no not the Kyber I saw them play at um, the Cavalry at like 47th in Baltimore yeah. Okay. Uh, they okay. didn't normally have church it was the first time that Black Eyes had ever gone on tour to oh my god Black Eyes it was right before their first record came out and they just had like a single and like the two of them, and I was—I think I was seventeen. And it was like two thousand and one or two thousand two. You're dating yourself. No, right? no, no, no. no. I mean, I'm always was dating it that. Myself. No,
6: no. I think yeah, it, I, I think it was earlier than <laughs> maybe it was around that. Yeah, yeah,
7: about then. whatever like, basically yeah. before uh, uh, different damage came out.
6: Oh okay. my god! Yeah. Talk about a great album too—that Black Eyes album.
7: Oh, that, that so was awesome.
6: So where is the DC music scene now?
8: Uh, it's mostly. Um, house show based now um, as opposed to um, venues uh, so the, there's a really great network of houses that are doing um, shows around town um, so they're like genre specific kind of house shows and then others that do like a wide variety uh, so it's a pretty diverse scene it's pretty um, yeah I wouldn't say there's um, you know any particular uh, sound uh, that uh, it's known for which is kind of cool because no band is ripping off some other band in DC. Yeah.
7: Uh,
6: what are some of the houses and the associated genres or the name the house names?
7: Um, the biggest one that I would say is this one called Paper House. That's uh, run by Alex from the band Paper House. It started about four years ago. Um, I lived there when I first moved to DC, actually, and um, that really started a huge like boom. Because the thing is, everybody in D- like DC is incredibly organized because it's like yeah. the this bureaucratic nightmare of a city. So in, it kind of like goes into the culture in a really positive way, at least in the D.I. Because a lot of D.I., like you know, people just don't. Their hearts in the like right shit. place, yeah. but
8: they don't know how to organize it. Um,
7: so. Yeah, or DC, but
1: see, ever- they don't necessarily always know how to write like a legit song, but they know how to organize. organize Damn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh easier boy. to organize than it is to, like pour your heart out. Fair yeah.
6: enough.
7: Yeah, but um, no, there's a lot of great stuff that's happening right now, like um. My, my personal favorite thing that I wrote, the, the sort of avant-garde jazz scene there is yeah. really, really good.
1: Union Arts. Yeah, and there's this yeah. thing.
7: Select DC's, yeah, Select DC, which does more like the noise stuff. Like, they, they brought, um, like, Container, and there's this really, like, uh, I think Pharmacon did a show through them yeah. and stuff like that. But they, they do, like, all the noise stuff, and it's run by this dude named Josh Levi, and he kind of, and they, it all moves around in different places. There's a place called Union Arts. Did you just mention that? that yeah. Yeah, Our yeah. friend Luke, Luke Stewart, who's... Yeah, and he plays in a band called Laughing Man that's really rad. Yeah.
6: And is it, I mean, are house shows, like, not overrun, like, by cops? Or are they, like, for they organize well, it? No. Or how does like, it work?
1: Okay, <laughs> cer- there's certain houses that are in, like, really good neighborhoods, so they have to be done by it 10 p.m.
6: can't be really good neighborhoods. Like, how really good? DuPont
1: Circle. A lot's has- oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Really? A lot's the bouge. Oh, okay. Is. Yeah, the okay. bouge okay. is. Oh. And, and they just start at 7 and end at 10, and they kind of run it through a 30-minute thing, which... You know, we live. We run a place called the Beehive. That's like much closer to the Paper House, and we'll go till midnight or whatever because it's a separate house, and you know, it's just kind of more space. But um I forget what the original question was. Either. Uh, No <laughs> cops. No oh no, cops! cops. <laughs> the cops are pretty chill. You know, sometimes they'll be like, "Hey." They've
7: been know, doing like it at Paper it House. For, I, I was bit. I was shocked because even like there was an article written in like the Post about yeah. Paper House. I was like, "Oh, it was nice knowing your venue, assholes!" Right. Like. Why the hell would you right. make it that public? And it was fine. It's yeah. like no problem at
1: all.
6: So then I guess the, the question is, what happened to the venues?
1: The venues are still a good place. Here's the thing. <laughs> now out-of-town bands can come through twice, play good house shows, and then other local bands yeah. can help them play a good venue show. Because yeah. the venues don't necessarily say yes right away anyway. Um, right. And It all depends on what you're doing. But once you can kind of prove, like naturally that there's fans for that band right then it's super easy to do and that's happened with jamaican queens like very yeah. recently um day the also bands. came
8: through yeah. even yeah. landlady came through i think originally at the yeah. paper house no at um, the beehive oh was it at the beehive yeah
1: house it was at the, the beehive. beehive yeah and then they were able to play black cat yeah, you know? yeah. so it's definitely a good i don't know how the venues think about it like yeah. on a day-to-day it's pace. also it's kind With of um, long-term it's a good it's,
7: and it's it's just run in a different way you know the venue like like for example like Black Cat that's such a great venue the, the Black Cat backstage is a great small venue for you know just like moderate size indie bands it's the
8: best sounding room I mm-hmm. think in the, the city um, I mean that's been there forever yeah and four it's still ever, great right, yeah. yeah
7: and like it's a great bar I mean just as a it's bar to hang out at, it's awesome. great mm-hmm. yeah and DC9 is a really really great place to play because mm-hmm. um, from Philly I was like kind of against venues because I'm sure you play like once the Khyber and stuff like that yeah i mean and they fucking suck they weren't yeah i mean
6: we have a special place in our heart for the first unitarian church yeah well that's different i mean sean and like r5 like yep. all that stuff but Dude, yeah 40, 40, the rotunda oh man the yeah. 40 so yeah you were around for the forty forty. yeah, and yeah I I we saw, we saw, rye saw rye at the coalition and at the, you saw at the drive no we there? saw at the drive-in at the church
7: yeah i was i at was gonna go to that one
6: yeah and no we also saw about forty forty with rye coalition yeah
7: um oh man, I forgot about Raicotion.
6: Oh have you ever <laughs> seen a man? Uh, yeah, we... that's like throw <laughs> yeah. up going to those
7: shows. No, yeah. I, that's different than than for example, like like the fire, which was like the worst venue. Right. Yeah, I was what? actually just explaining that to them that that was yeah, the place I'm of like sucker in out of town bands. No, completely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then then I like my other band would get like, emails like, hey, you want to play at the at the fire? I was like,
6: mm, no, <laughs> no, no, we didn't that oh, cool. we did, we couldn't book a show. <laughs> did you try the fire? No, I didn't hear back from them. Um, <laughs> all right, do you guys want to play a song? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we could talk like Philly underground basement shows oh, for like man. four hours. All Wait, right. real quick, what's your favorite cheesesteak?
7: Um, either Jim's. Are we talking about between, are talking about between Pat's and Ginos or no? Whatever? Okay, fuck that. Okay, um, I believe it's oh Delisandro's, which is in okay. like, yeah Roxborough. That's okay. my favorite. Okay. okay, what what are yours?
6: Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's. Oh, uh, Tony Luke's. And I like Mamas, which is in the suburbs. Okay. Yeah, but Mamas is too big. It's too big. <laughs> no, it's because you Tuesday. can't yeah, get a like, good the meat to bread ratio is way off. We don't have enough time. Get yeah, a bigger time. Time. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, what's this song called?
8: Uh, we're gonna start with High Living.
6: Okay, great. Summertime fun. Uh, so let's talk about the new Funner record. Time. Funner Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut yeah. Shut it down. I will say six years of doing this show, I've never heard that pun. So yeah. that's a snacky no, tunes well, first. No, I'm,
7: I'm going for, uh, you know, at least I'm going for the deep cuts. Yeah. Deep okay. cuts.
6: Um, so let's talk about the new record, Rima. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, coming out. And uh, let's talk about it. Where's the inspiration from? Where did you guys get the, uh, get the thoughts for it?
8: Uh, well, I guess um, I initially wrote those, um, the, uh, that batch of songs, like uh, I guess three years ago at this point. Um, so it was um, after um, Ben and I and uh, two other um, members of PRE who used to play uh, with us uh, had come back from this massive, you know, two and a half month tour, and then we did another month um, off of our, our last album, uh, Folly. Uh, so we were pretty burnt out. We all uh, kind of went our separate ways for a while.
6: It's burnt out like an understatement. Uh, <laughs> That's, that seems like I a mean, couple of years, i like, uh, put it this way, and there's two new band members, so yeah. We'll, we'll leave, it at, oh. we're gonna, we're gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Drama, mama. Uh,
8: so yeah, it was kind of a period of um, repositioning and upheaval. So and it's good fodder for songwriting and just oh, yeah. questioning everything, uh, every decision you've made in your life and... Um, uh, just yeah, learning how to close some doors. Yeah, uh, you know, at, at that point uh, in your life. Uh, so I was definitely going through that at that moment. And so um, then we ended up uh, meeting up with Michael um, in October of I guess what was it 2012, so, yeah. thereabouts, uh, and then Ben shortly uh, thereafter um, that following spring. Uh, so uh, we all uh, worked on the instrumentation uh, for Rima. Um, together and really fleshed out the songs, recorded it uh, a couple summers ago um, uh, at uh, Ben's house uh, in DC uh, with um, uh, a local uh, engineer, Peter Larkin. Um, so yeah, they all they really came together, um, and we were able to record them mo- like most the bulk of it in um, a, a house, Innovation. you know, setting. Oh, nice. Um, and then. Yeah, I just finished it off uh, in a, a studio that Peter was putting together.
7: Mixing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, As the record was getting made, it was pretty much, like, being being built along with us. So we go to mix it at his, at his, you know, at first, which was, like, the studio that was, like, a shell that had, like, a few pieces of gear. No, we we actually, it started off at his house, right? We
1: convinced him, yeah, once he got the studio, we convinced him to bring back in the couch that he had put outside, because, like, he... <laughs> He didn't want it anymore. He had, like, left it for the trash. And we are like, yo, this couch is fucking awesome. <laughs> and we need a place to sit while we mix. Yeah.
6: <laughs> and
8: it really just changed the whole sound of the studio when yeah, we brought that yeah. couch back in. We, we
1: mastered everything through the
6: couch. You know? Oh, like, yeah. We reamped That's, it. Yeah, got that couch screen. filter on it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of money. It's what you're paying for mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there's just a few coins in the <laughs>
7: yeah. It gives it that jangle you know, oh, pop, yeah.
6: pop sound. <laughs> um, from that conflict, um, how do you feel that your songwriting process changed from the, the previous record?
8: Uh, well, it's definitely good uh, to work um, with a limited time frame, which we did have. We were hoping to get it done over the course of a, a summer versus the course of two years, which is how we put the last album together and uh, sort of like patchwork vibe uh, over the course of like several houses that I lived in in D.C. They all had like uh, just a different yeah, they were recorded in different rooms, uh, attics, basements. Uh, so it was good to have a unified sound and being able to work uh, with Ben and Michael um, to uh, put together uh, something really cohesive, I think, is, a, also, is like, definitely a luxury.
1: Also, th- based on the attitude, like, May had a certain attitude with the spirit of the songs that is, like, really vital to it. And that's what. I know as players, we were all able to pick up on and why we kind of, like, really kind of, like, dove in deep and each part has its own vibe and attitude and sass just because Yeah. that's that's what was built into the songs already, you know? And I,
7: th- I think what also helps is that, you know, all of us come from really different musical backgrounds and we're not specifically, you know, you know male coming with a song and then we all have our very different interpretations of what the song might mean or, you know, are You just never know, like, when you're in a group of... And what's really nice about being in this band is it feels like, you know, it's a band made up of, like, four quarters, you know? Like, that's that's what it is, and mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, a production-based project, which, if you do that, like, you can sort of, like, just one person can, like, sort of, like, oversaturate it or something like that. And, like, there's a really, really nice balance and, and um, you know... I want to. I don't want to say dialogue because it's only two people. But you know, I mean, there's like a conversation happening between the four of us yeah. musically, from very, very different. We're all from different parts of the country too, which also I think yeah, comes through in the music.
6: Uh, why don't we hear? Why don't we hear another song then? Cool. Hear that dialogue.
1: Dialogue.
6: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the name of this one? This one's
1: the dog, also known as dialogue. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Awesome, fun. Uh, so you guys came down from Northside Fest.
8: We did. Came um, up, came, came up. up, came <laughs> down. <laughs> Sorry, hey, we're, we're
7: kind of coming down right now. Yeah, a
6: long Hello. <laughs> where did you guys uh, play?
8: Uh, we played at uh, the living room. Oh, uh, right. So Paper Garden had a, a showcase on Friday night. Shout
6: out to Paper Garden. Mm-hmm. Thanks Yay. for setting us up, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they they were the ones who reached out to us. Like, can we get these guys on here?
7: So, I know. And then we played uh, Baby's All Right yesterday for um I love that vacation. venue. Orange oh, oh, Party. Mm-hmm. That was great.
6: Yeah. That that I place is awesome. Those guys they've been on the show before, I just love those it's just a great venue it's yeah it's really it's like it's awesome
7: yeah the the lights there are just are so cool and the the way i don't know just everything everything about it's great the food's good too i don't know
6: if they had it when you think but the the windows behind the bars will sometimes just open up yeah yeah. they had yeah straight
8: through yeah which is one of the last
6: uh, before i got sick i saw dan deacon there and like the last like half of the show they just had the windows up so it was like the whole fucking awesome
7: yeah Man, that's so crazy. Did, was he like on the floor there? Uh, he was on the, the stage. stage.
6: Okay. I mean, which I mean, it's not that high of a stage. I think if he had been on the floor, the capacity of that room would have been cut yeah. in half. So yeah, yeah, it's not like when he played. Like he, he made a compromise for an art, but it, I mean, not much of a compromise. I mean, yeah. it's a, you know bar- barely. Yeah, because there's
7: like huge bands that play there. I remember like Deerhoof had like a residency there for like, yeah. A I mean, couple of days. Yeah. those
6: guys have been booking for a long time, and I think like the unfortunate. I mean the unfortunate thing about all of our venues being shut down in that area is that they get all those bookings not yeah I mean it's great for them but it's but it's like it kind of funnels in. and a lot of the people who are booking those venues are funneling to them as well so it's kind yeah. of like all of these amazing promoters and this amazing venue are all coming together. So, like, the fans... I mean, we lost those venues, but they also kind of win for seeing bands of that size in that venue. So, yeah,
8: so yeah. Why are things getting shut down in that uh, area? Gen,
6: gen, I mean, all the buildings, like, so, um, like, uh, Glasslands and Death by Audio, we're, we're actually all in, like, the same building. Yeah. And just a lot of Zebulon for avant-garde oh, jazz. Yeah, like a, a lot of those places, I mean, it's like a classic Story of just all those places being sold. It's fine. They're, I mean, it's not fine, but they're you know they're all moving out more into like deeper into Brooklyn things yeah, like that. Some of them, some, some of them are just gone. I mean, that's just yeah. yeah the way yeah. it goes.
7: Glasslands and Death Deathbed are especially sad because I mean just uh, like Glasslands, I, I just love yeah Glasslands. I loved venue. Glasslands.
6: Broke, broke broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were
7: just at Palisades yesterday, which I know it's like in a different part, and that I really liked that space. But that's a lot.
6: but that's the thing. It's like people are like. I, not to say like Brooklyn said but you have Transpico you have Palisades yeah. which are like when you go there like this is exactly what Glasslands felt like when it opened it's mm-hmm. just like it's just not easy for the people who are writing or they don't want to go to Ridgewood they I mean, yeah. I, I remember going to Glasslands when it first opened and it was part squat part just like wood plywood just nothing it was like it was like how is this a venue but it reminded me of Stalag 13 back in Philly like yep. back in the day yeah. or when was- they didn't have AC at Glasslands and you'd go to summer shows there and you'd walk Ooh. up the door and you could just like <laughs> feel the heat and you like before you even walked in you were like i'm already like sweating and you're just like okay
7: did you guys ever go to the anthony in philly it was a south philly venue that was run by like some of the dudes from uh like drums like machine guns and like it was like 30 kids in this huge warehouse oh i went to a show there no i saw a lightning bolt there when like probably like it was unbelievable still like one of the the most like insane life-infirming being like this is what like this is what i want to do with my life (laughs) i want to just like
6: be sweaty, just be
7: sweaty, and be disgusting, and have rust and like falling into my mouth and ooh,
6: mm. mm. that, that ceiling mm. rust. Um, so, cool. so, what's the rest of the summer hold for all of you? Uh, touring, hanging, well, Jersey Shore. What are we doing?
1: <laughs> well, we just got back from a big tour, so like this New York trip is kind of the tail end of, of our record release tour. Yeah, so we've been on the road for. Like, we did a big <laughs> loop through the U.S. Um, so, and it's probably it's like the
7: it's the sixth tour six, fifth totally or sixth tour that we've
1: done in like four or five a calendar year yeah. so we're actually gonna take a little bit of a break kind of hang out Ben and I are gonna uh, the two bins are gonna work on another project that's going on tour in August and September so
7: yeah so we'll, we'll um, be back here
1: uh, in yeah. in August but I mean it's but I think
7: like you know kind of a,
1: filter just like last time I guess we're gonna like filter out what's happened in the last year and <laughs> and, and write some new songs by will the you of all of the be year.
6: back in August then <laughs> well, oh, man. Man.
7: yeah Br- Brer is our other band well Ben and I'll be back bearing in mind that we haven't eaten each other and killed each other yeah. But no, I, I, we were talking. So we, we we recorded a single um, in Louisiana, and we're we're hoping to release that at some point this year and then I know at the end of the year we want to make an EP. That's like our our loose, that's not yeah. like a... Loose plans. That's so, our, it's a, our rough idea. We, then,
6: I mean, you did say it on internet radio so we'll try not to hold you to it It's banned <laughs> by legal law but... Well, yeah, yeah it, I know. It, the, the internet's a strong thing. It's yeah. fine because no one's listening so no one will hold you accountable. <laughs> what about all
7: those cats on the internet? They, yeah. Some of them are listening. Uh, my, uh,
6: my coordinator's a huge fan so i got to shout it out because uh, Ali says hi. Oh. Hi. Yeah. Hi, yeah, Hi, Ali. Hi, Ali. Um... Well, thank you so much. We want to make sure that we have time for one song. Yeah, cool. uh, I personally want to thank Liz and everyone here before I move off to LA tomorrow. Darren's. Oh, li- Darren. moves tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, <laughs> we got some plans. I mean, I'll probably be back for a couple of shows over the summer, and they have put a handheld well, recorder like for more this summer. I a handheld so recorder in my hand, <laughs> so I can start like talking to LA chefs and things like that. And Liz, you're always welcome to stay on our, my couch with Anna and I. Shout out to Anna. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Shout out to Berlin Summers. Berlin Summers, yeah, Berlin Summers. What a yeah. great name! Yeah, well, that's a good name for a band. That's a good name for a, for uh, an album. That's yeah. it. That's I, the I, next. I, that's the EP. Yeah, Berlin, Berlin oh, Summers. Uh, and, where, and where can people find Brilliant. you? Information, records, EPs, side projects, former band members, former band members, How shows.
7: Uh, yeah. We're on Spotify. That's the mm-hmm. most easy. We have a Bandcamp, which is just is it just pre music pre.bandcamp.com. Uh, we're on, if you can imagine it, we're on Facebook.
6: Ooh. That's it's a
7: thing. I think yep. there's, there's, a twit. there's a Twitter.
8: Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, all the major suspects.
6: Yeah. Pre-music um, so. if you guys and are looking for it. Yeah,
8: yeah. I'll be out here. And,
7: uh, yeah, and then, um, yeah, we're, we're we're also hoping to spend like a lot of our time coming up here more often, too.
6: So Cool. We'll eat all so your close. pizza. Uh, okay, sounds great. Uh, what's this last one called?
8: Uh, uh, cloak.
6: All right. This is the new, this is the single we recorded. Gotcha. Darren, safe travels out to LA. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Um, that's it. It's that's it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're you're like the uh, Oscar music playing me out, right? <laughs> Free's gonna play Your you last you out. Session? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. It's not even my last session. Yeah, just, so it's I'm just irrelevant. changing my zip code. Yeah. So dramatic. Yeah. I know. I know. So dramatic. Thank so, you. Someone agrees with me. Oh climate. my God. Okay. Let's see this. Ugh. Free, take us out. <laughs> take us thanks out. Thanks for coming by. Hey.
8: Yeah. Right, thanks for having us.
6: Oh, and thanks to Marcus Amerson for coming by as well.